Hi, this is Raj um, from a Pharmacy Podcast. Uh, this evening, I've had I've got the lovely pleasure of hosting an interview with Hala and uh, with Sid, who were both running candidates for the RPS elections 2018. Hi, Hala. Hello. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Thank you Thank for hosting you. us tonight. It's all right. Where is Sid? <laughs> um, I think so. We gave him the wrong link. But he's gonna. <laughs> One second, let me join him the other link. One moment. <laughs> okay, let's see. I sent it out joint again. Yeah, um, yeah, because I, I've seen my email and I'm just waiting to see. So, how have you been doing? It's been quite busy recording today. <laughs> All day. <laughs> Yeah, like uh, the little one was at nursery, so we got a bit done. Oh, um, and then there was some few issues with Doidal's recording because I didn't know he was sitting in the car whilst we were recording. Oh. So he was using his data, which is why we just kept losing reception. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we it's might hard, yeah, when you're using work properly because um, the network will be, um, yeah, just the, the connection up. will be very, very low. Yeah, it just kept throwing him out. And I'm like, oh, we're just midway through sentence again. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I think he's got like thing, uh, think, so he, I'm eight it versions of it all as. <laughs> Hello. Hi. 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 I, I, I think I'm in the right place. <laughs> it was a challenge. My God. My God. Good. Give me paper and pen any day. No, just kidding. We didn't say anything yet. Oh, sorry, don't say that. This we haven't ganged on anything yet. I almost broke into a sweat. <laughs> this is meant to be innovative technology, I have you know, Steve. <laughs> well, I, I know how to drive a car now without putting horses in front of it, so that, that's pretty good. <laughs> well, first of all, let me thank you for uh, both of you being on uh, the Pharmacy Podcast today. Um, even at short notice as well, you guys have been awesome um, putting some time in to get on here. Um, so this is just a bit of... Um, just to get you a bit relaxed and, and just before I go into the actual interview, it would just be a case of I'll do a separate introduction, separate to this conversation to say that the podcast is with Sid and with Halla. Um, but if you've got any, if you're holding your phone in a different way or anything like that, if you've got any questions about the app that you're using, ask me now before we get cut off or anything like that. Are you, are you both okay with how you're holding your phones? Hello? Hello? Hello. I'm hanging upside down from the ceiling at the moment, and uh, I'm wondering if this is the best reception for you, or shall I be upright? What would you prefer me to do? You sound, down, nice yeah, you sound nice and clear, Sid, so I'd Excellent. say stay there. Excellent. <laughs> Merci beaucoup. <laughs> and how are you, Hala? Hello? Oh. Well, where is Hala gone? Oh. She says connected. I, I thought I was the one that uh, was old-fashioned, but there you go. <laughs> Where is she gone? Hello, are you there? I think I think the bullies of Twitter kidnapped her. Where is she? Uh-huh. I don't know. It says connected. Yeah, same, same she... here. Hello, darling. Could she have pressed the mute? 
Is there a mute button? A mute button on there. There isn't. No. Oh, she's gone. Oh, she's just disappeared oh. off my off my telephone. My phone. Yeah, same here. She might she might um re-enter. Let's just give her a moment. How are you anyway? Long time no here. Good long time no here. You but you're thinking, who is she? No, <laughs> Where no, is no, she no, 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 I do know, I do hello? know you. I do know you. Ah. Hi, hello. Hello. Hi, hello. Hi. Okay, I don't know why I was able to hear you, but no one was hearing me for some reason. Yeah, we kept saying hello, hello. Where yeah, I was got... saying hello as well. So have you been hacked again? Have <laughs> yeah, you been probably. hacked again? I'm always being hacked all the time. Your what telegram shall I do? was hacked. Maybe it's your phone now, Hella. <laughs> My phone is all hacked now. <laughs> the conspiracy theory. <laughs> probably. Yeah, it's been like all the time hacked now. Yeah, it's fine now. I can hear you. <laughs> Okay, so what I was saying to Sid was uh, just ensure yeah. you're holding your phone uh, correctly and that you're, you're in a place where you're not really going to get any interference so it doesn't okay. affect the interview and that nothing happens like how it just did and we're like, where are you going, where are we going? Okay, great. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you very much for both of you being on the Pharmacy Podcast today. Um, this will be an interesting one because I've never done a joint, well, triple one before. So this will be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you invigilous you invigilous but uh, it's been a pleasure thank you it's okay it's okay so I thought let's just start off with some very interesting questions first before we get to the nitty gritty um, if you had three words to describe yourself what would they be okay so so motivation, inspiration, forward thinking. I okay. would say I was uh, empathic, I'm engaging, and I'm honest. Okay. Nice keywords that are being used there. <laughs> um, <laughs> what's a great book that you've read recently? Mine is, a, is, a, is an amazing book called uh, Advanced Banter. And it's all about uh, coming out with solutions to ideas that uh, you're almost trying to prevent retrospective regret. So it's about trying to think of 10 steps ahead rather than just two or three. So in that respect, you're, you're preventing errors. You're always improving. You're listening, not just hearing. And, you're, and, and, and it taxes your brain to think in a different dynamic. And in that respect, you almost see problems in a different light and therefore you have different solutions so it freshens your mind and it freshens your thinking and, and and refreshes your senses to the the old environment around you it gives everything a brand new shine so so i think it's a fascinating book and i actually found it totally by accident because it was actually on the on, left on the train really yes so wow. i found this book it had no return to sender on it and so i thought well that's an interesting book it's not the normal book i'd normally buy and uh, it's been one of the most interesting books. I'm doing this course called Mary Seacole, uh, and it's uh, a very long course. And it's interesting because all the answers seem to be in this book. <laughs> so you're recommending people to buy that book now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did I say I wrote it? <laughs> uh, or he can write notes, basically. <laughs> uh -huh. Then how about yourself, Anna? 
Um, I read a book which is really interesting, which is called 50 Things That Made the Modern Economy. And it's for Tim Hartford. And I recommend this book because um, that book talks about like... Um, about economy. So I think so Tim was asked what there was a journalist asked, what do you need to keep yourself and in birth of civilization alive? And his answer was simple. He answered basically transformation of technology. It's a plow. So basically, sometimes you have to go back to, 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 to simplicity to find the answer. So it's a very interesting book. It's talk about economies and the 50 things that made the modern economy. And I do recommend this. It's really interesting to see what 50 things made the modern economy. It sounds, sounds fascinating. I thought you were going to say 50 shades of grey then when you said <laughs> that. <laughs> no, I'm not going to go that. That would have been far more interesting, actually. I, I was hoping she was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, I was. Rather than the boring answer she would just gave. Yeah, yeah, I just thought, let me talk about economy today. That was actually the most boring answer to one of the most interesting questions I've ever heard. 50 Shades of Grey would have definitely won you more votes. Let's keep it simple tonight. No, no, I'm not saying, saying 50 things that made the more economy, yeah, just to make it. <laughs> 50, 50 ways how not to answer a question. Yeah, yeah, that's the best way to escape from, from, yeah. Other than me, who is the most interesting person you've met other than yourselves? Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. Yeah, we're back. I don't know what happened there. I think Hannah just went to get another book that she could perhaps (laughs) ask us uh, so she could give you a more interesting answer. Uh, No, no, I'll stick to the 50. Yeah, well, entice them with the 50. No, no, the 50 things that made the modern economy, you know, I'm just making it clear. <laughs> okay, um, so which out of the two of you is the leader and which one's the follower? So interesting. Um, according to Steve Jobs, he said innovation distinguishes between a leader and a follower. So basically, if actions, if our actions is inspiring others to make them dream more, learn more, do more, become more, that, that, that indicates that you're a leader because basically you're motivating people. But anyone can, as well can be, become a follower even while holding a leadership position. So, you know, you can be a follower even if you're holding up a leadership position. So it's important that we true path, which is, for example, pharmacy is my true path. I love it. I, I feel inspired. I, I'm ambitious, passionate about it in order to reach uh, my full potential and to achieve my complete happiness. So I think so. that's my answer for this one. And I hope I answered this question. Totally dodged it. <laughs> I, I would, I would, I would, uh, I don't have to follow that up. So I'll just say I'm both. You're I'd both. Be, I'd be quite happily led uh, into a good solution. And if you're part of a team, sometimes, yeah. you know, you, you want to listen to people and you want to be part of it. You're not leading. So mm-hmm. I'd be happy to follow uh, a suggestion. Sometimes I'm sat on the board. Yeah. Sometimes there's something about hospital or industry, something I've yeah. not worked in in about 10, 15 years. I'd be happy to use a bit of initiative, common sense, and and and, and learn. Uh, mm-hmm. Other times, on the other hand, I would be leading, developing, managing, using, adapting the resources around me, and trying mm-hmm. to funnel them down into a Kevlar of, of an answer. So, okay. I, I would say, really, it depends on the environment I'm in. If I'm a, if I'm amongst people who I feel are more competent, more knowledgeable, I'm happy to follow. 
like if yeah. I'm engaging with members, I would be happily following their lead on their issues, their concerns, their solutions, their problems. But equally, as a leader, I would be delivering expectations, realistic ones, rather than ones that we cannot deliver. So my answer to that is simple. If you're going to be a team, sometimes you're going to lead and sometimes you're going to follow. Because um, there's lots of different voices around the table. Everybody will have yeah. a different experience, a different matter. And therefore, I would say in terms, unless you're a chairman or a president, then it's a fad and a mindset that you're actually both. Love the answer. Yeah. No, no one's giving me an answer like that. <laughs> no. You know, he's he's a master, isn't it? I do. I'll, 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 I'll try and read I'll try and read your books in future. <laughs> what what inspires you on a day-to-day -day basis to do what you do? Uh right. Now are you talking socially, uh personally or professionally? Professionally. And you're talking, I dare say, pharmacy or or when you're sort of like uh, in in a EPB role? It could be either. Okay. <laughs> I tell you what, this is absolutely true. If, if God is my witness, it's about uh, making a difference to everybody's day for the better as a, as a pharmacist. So somebody comes in, you're, you're helping to save lives, you're trying to improve lives, you're doing prevention, clinical services, you're informing them, enlightening them, educating them, listening to them. Had an old lady cry at me the other day. She felt lonely. Her husband died. She felt she couldn't sleep. And I and I referred her because she she was actually to me. She sounded quite lonely and very depressed. And I signposted yeah. her to some self help groups and uh, we discussed things. Sat her down, and she and she laughed and she goes, "I wouldn't mind just coming in and and doing some shelves for you or coming in and you know being part of the team." So every day every day's a school day and that's what motivates me helping people out and learning something new and that's the truth it's a natural inherent positive attitude and it's something that I think you've either got or you haven't got it's making the, it's making a difference in somebody else's life on the better and that's why I love community pharmacy and why I moved out of hospital and industry okay and what about yourself Hala so um, we get inspired by helping others, um, helping others. For example, um, sometimes I lead on a pre-reg team group like Team Pre-reg and other groups like Pro Pharmacy. And when we're helping those students and you see the smile on their face and you inspire them, motivate them, trying to give them the best that you can, that's one approach. You feel the smile, the happiness, the drive. Where I've been in um, the universities on different occasions to talk to students. And this sort of love when you feel like people are inspired by you and and you get that that sort of warm feeling that makes you happy that you're helping others through this path. That's according to career wise. I mean, I do loads of other things as well, presentations and stuff. But I mean, as well, when we're working in a career, either in a community pharmacy or a GP practice and someone comes and talks to you and then they become a bit more a bit lives and what's affecting them in real life and how you can help them and look at the picture in a bigger scale it inspires yeah. you because you're making something better for them you know a better life for us and for them and that's what makes me happy at night when I sleep on my pillow at the end of the day I feel like mm -hmm. I'm happy because I'm trying to help and inspire and motivate others and that's what makes me driven more and more to do more things in life Okay. And what insights did you gain from the RPS hostings that was done um, the other week? What, 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 the Telegram. I, yeah. I googled how to commit suicide. Uh, it was it was 
ridiculously chaotic. You couldn't answer mm-hmm. all the questions hitting you in the face like 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 trams. You could didn't have time to go back. It was totally um, un- uh, randomized, uncontrolled. Uh, yeah, I downloaded the, I've downloaded the document and it's like what seventy eight pages. Not <laughs> yeah, I was reading through it and I was just like, how are they keeping up with the pace? Especially if you've got to type it, a lot of questions were missed out, and I don't think it was the right portal to use a hostings on, basically. Uh, uh, it was a great idea in theory but this is where it's an example where it's a well in of a theory but a sprat in practice because you you couldn't go back and answer the questions you answered if anybody had come back and disagreed or agreed with you and uh, by the end of it I I, I actually uh, looked at myself and I thought what happened I felt like I I discovered a parallel universe (laughs) where I forgot my name, didn't know where I lived and I didn't know what I'd just been hit by I thought the Russians had arrived it was just It was just incredible. It took me up until page 20 before any questions were even asked. But somebody quite cleverly told me. It was me, a disaster. It was, but somebody quite cleverly told me. So when you run for election, I would suggest, somebody actually told me, said, prepare your answers because you'll know what questions are coming up and prepare your answers. I didn't do that. I thought, oh, I'll only do two or three answers, you know, six lines. My God, did I, <laughs> did I, did I go to bed and I, and I didn't, couldn't even find my pillow. But I just didn't know what happened. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, now, what are your views on uh, in terms of the amount of negativity that we're seeing in pharmacy? Um, from our peers, our other pharmacists, what what is your take on that? Ah, oh, this year because I'm standing as a newbie still, and I think so. Instead of having some senior pharmacists standing up and supporting you, we had some targeted attacks. But I thought that it's better always to be classy and sometimes better not to answer those people and just be respectful for the position. But of course, on the other side, we have the people that supported me. And I'm really grateful for every single person they know who supported me, which are my close senior group of of people that really supported me through this journey. But we have to be, I think, so when someone gets bullied or attacked on social media the best way sometimes is not to answer and the reason is you don't want to drag things forward and make a whole negative atmosphere for the whole profession and that's why the reason is sometimes I have to back down so that I don't make the profession looks bad and that was the reason I didn't answer those people and I left it there. It, it wasn't that, that what I meant, uh, Hala, but uh, thanks for clarifying that up. What I meant was the victim men- mindset that we're seeing amongst pharmacists. Uh, okay, you mean, okay, okay, got you. In general, you mean. Yeah. So in general, yeah, I mean, the situation is not easy at the moment. Um, there is a lot of changing happening uh, through re- revalidation. There is a lot of stress through pharmacists are going through because they don't know what they have to do and they're trying to learn this is a new process. Then you have the GDPR. 
Then you have um, the cuts, the funding, the stress at work, the workforce stress. So all of these are impacting on a negative atmosphere for the pharmacists because they have to deal in their work life with these stuff and the normal work that they have to deal with. So that's why the negativity is basically affecting everyone in all sectors. How do you think we can challenge it? Sorry, can I cut up to that or... Yeah. Before we turn into, I, I was going to ask us for, for that clarification as well, to be honest, whether you meant about the trolling and the lies yeah. and the and the backstabbing and the and the, yeah. and the faceless <laughs> keyboard warriors. Um, but and then I was also going to ask, you know, are you talking about the general system now? I've done loads of speeches. I've I've met loads of pharmacists, and you're quite right. I mean, there are two worlds out there. There's the world of high principles, noble ideals, and and eternal verities. Then there is the real world. So you've got the Keith Ridge world and you've got the real world. The yeah. Keith Ridge world is, you know, you've got to do all this, you know, cut funds. You've got to, you've got to put quality over quantity. But clearly we're still distributing medicines, uh, two billion pounds worth a year. And one mistake and you're a criminal still under this new legislation. So. Hello. Hello. All right. Hi. So I carry on answering that question now or, or do you want me to start? Yes, you can do, please. Sorry, technology temperamental. That's all right. Sorry, I, 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 I was wondering whether Halle got hacked again. Um, so, <laughs> so I was basically saying that around, you know, what, what, what makes people mad, sad and, and glad. And, um, and like I said, there's two worlds out there. There's the world of high principles, noble ideals and eternal verities. Then there's the real world. You know, you must do this. You must do that. We're going to cut funding. You know, you must still distribute two billion pounds worth of medicines and not make a single mistake. Or you're a criminal. You must add to quality. But there's no funding, no support, no help. Um, and, 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 and that that's crazy. And yet so and, and no wonder so many pharmacists are angry, disgusted, exhausted, sad and proud of what they do. And uh, trust me, I've met, I've met loads of people who are puzzled in despair and hacked off. I've met young people starting out, older people who can't wait to get out. A phenomenal amount are overwhelmed by exhaustion, overburdened with bureaucracy, starved of opportunity or resources, and waterboarded by workforce and workplace pressures. But you know what? No lie. One thing unites them. They're still proud to be pharmacists. And I, yeah. think, I think what we have to realise is that the world, the future, is all about clinical, it's about distribution, and it's about digital. Distribution mm -hmm. of services, not just medicines, distribution of pharmacists and their competencies in different workplaces. I, I do off-site screening, off-site testing and off-site uh, vaccinations. Um, and I've seen the professions evolve and in, in, in a way that I liked it because I always never wanted to be on the, on, hanging on the coattail of GPs. So it's great that we're yeah. pseudo-pharmacists. So I think we're in a transition between traditional pharmacy and the future of pharmacy. And now we just yes. need investment to come out of it. Now, there are solutions to this, but right now I can't see it getting any worse. True. Better not, anyway. Well, it's impossible. <laughs> I mean, they've. I mean, you yeah. know, what, what what could happen? You've got underfunding, years of underinvestment. You've got disjointed policy for Department of Health. You've got a horrible NHS restructuring. Where is Lansley? I mean, I read on the news is not well. He should try going to the NHS. The the thing is that he's ruined. But the thing is, the bottom line is that um, it's a very distra and that's why we need a strong RPS to support individuals, not just have a vision for the profession. So, for our some of the well, many of our listeners may not be RPS members. What would you say? Mm -hmm. what would 
what would you your reasons for them to be to join and how would you sway them so so we need to help ensure that the rps helps to lead unite and develop the profession by by strengthening the link formulating strategy we need to increase collaborative work so we need everyone to be involved we need a grassroots involvement which makes everyone feel part of the society and their voice or opinion count by having easy access to the board members because that's what we're missing at the moment we need more collaboration we need everyone to be involved we need to make our profession stronger than any time in life and that's what we're asking everyone to join and be part of the profession. That's right. Um, I'd support Hannah in respect to the engagement. We, but as a leadership body, we have to uh, have some kind of link. We have to be, have to be an organisation with a cause. We have to, you know, we have great expectations to managing changing expectations and then delivering them. And I think the bottom line is we need to be a strong voice to say to the stakeholders that when things aren't happening that should be happening, that they're not isolated. We should be their mouthpiece on a national stage. We should be supporting other organisations to get better funding or better resources. Uh, those that, for example, have that role around like PSNC or the MPA or uh, yeah. primary care organisations. On top of that, we need to make sure we protect pharmacists who are being bullied. And this is something I've fought long and hard uh, to do is actually get individuals, a bit like in working alongside unions like the PDA or the MPA, to actually support pharmacists from ruthless, unscrupulous managers who don't understand pharmacy, trying to meet targets without giving the staff all the right resources or the right resources. I mean, getting £16 an hour for locums these days is ridiculous. So yeah. I think it's also about educating um, people like Keith Rich to realise that clinical pharmacists are not sector-based, but actually... Any pharmacy has clinical skills. Any pharmacist has clinical skills. And wherever you find a pharmacist, we're all clinical pharmacists. And I think matching money to competency, staff to workload, and the society developing a work pressure strategy means that pharmacists can then refer to that Bible document, whatever you want to call it, call in the unions, uh -huh. call in the troops, call in the RPS, and basically stand with them rather than feeling isolated, dejected, and all alone. And I think that's why they need to be part of the RPS, because then they can help develop policy, influence direction, and make sure uh, they are they be, we become the change that's best for them. Yeah, hit the nail on the head there, Sid. That's, I'd very much agree with all of that, definitely. Um, how would you go about improving cross-sector relations in pharmacy, so like between community, industry and hospital, because at the moment they're very much their separate entities. So how would you go about improving that? So we have to have a um, encourage and drive it forward um, notion for fair representation on all pharmacy sectors. So that means, I mean, there's a big connection anyway, if you look at it between hospital and, and community, for example, when, when a um, patient gets out of hospital, they have a discharge summary. So if community works more towards helping with the discharge summary, have a better communication between community and hospital, then we can achieve better outcomes for patient care. That can be one. And then we can work on the hospital charter, support them with the hospital charter and support the community pharmacy with the PDA safety uh, as well charter. So there is a lot of things we can do between hospital, community and GP practice, because if you look at it, it's like a cycle. So when I worked in a GP practice, 
the discharge summary comes to the GP practice, we have to make sure that all the medication are aligned. And most of the time, the community pharmacy comes to the GP practice and tell them, look, that patient's medication had changed. We just received the discharge summary from the from the uh, patient. So if they have more access, I think so they can support more and we can do more regarding the community pharmacy communication with hospitals. That's my opinion. Hello. Hello. I'm back. <laughs> Where's Sid? Uh, let's see where he is. Let's find him. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Uh, maybe he went for a nap now. No, I'm joking. He's hanging off the ceiling. Hey, that's it. There <laughs> <laughs> oh, he is. I thought he went for a nap. <laughs> yeah, I found, I found, I found my pillow since since the husband. <laughs> Sorry, right. it seems to be doing it at about the seven minute mark. He hasn't done this all day, I so you, maybe I get hacked on everything. So maybe in time <laughs> right um, so if I just jump into the next question um, you want me to answer that I'll... first or about yeah you can do yeah about yeah. the teamwork if we if we uh, think of um, health as our wealth and we think about starting from the patient and then working backwards we wouldn't be starting from here because we're working in too much silos and you, you mentioned industry academia hospital da 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 and yes, there mm-hmm. are those, but there's also the multidisciplinary teams outside that as well. And I think yes. if you get one right, you get it all right. Uh, and if you think about the piece of jigsaw that, that would fit to make a person a holistic health model, then you cannot but work with hospital, science, uh, research, evidence-based pharmacists, um, doctors, nurses, and things like that. And none of us are immune to change. And I think some of the things happening now are actually quite exciting. You know, take side work, load pressures and lack of funding. Things like STPs are really important. LPNs, the AHSNs. All of these right now are opportunities for us to uh, start that communication to work differently. And I think Mm -hmm. if I skill focused we realize we can't do all the skills ourselves so we have to work in partnership and in collaboration with others so if you can look at your uh, i was studying my pharmaceutical needs assessment the other day and to be honest i look at it every six or seven months in case i missed something and i try and attach it to the joint strategic needs assessment and then based on that i would try and develop services around it and see mm-hmm. who the players would be like be like a football match everybody has a different role and everybody has different competency. And so I think I think this multidisciplinary way of working without each other is going to happen. We're already seeing with the transfer of care. And I think it's going to increase even more. And the fact we've been talking about it is really important because 10 years ago, we weren't even talking about it. So the fact we're talking about it, strategizing around it and thinking of the patient rather than, rather than the other way around, I think is the key to that change. Check you out, Sid. You've answered my next question. I didn't even answer it. Ask it. He knows. He knows. He's uh, there. You know. <laughs> that, that's my next book. Is, is reading your mind. Oh, he has his eyes on your stuff, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you see pharmacy leveraging the use of technology to aid in the profession's development? Wow. So technology is moving so fast. If we start with uh, phones, I think so 20 years ago, we had maybe a big phone that you can move from place to place. And then now you have a phone that recognizes your face. So basically, technology is moving so fast. And you see even pharmacy in the past three years, 
it's moved so fast like people are not being able to cope with the changes because changes are massive you know so with technology it's the same thing so technology is becoming a big impact you have nhs digital for example you have nhs choices you have all those resources where now before we didn't have looking back in in x years we didn't have like nhs choices patient.co.uk ems bnf app um the app of the rps all those apps it's all technology everything is moving with technology revalidation a new approach new technology so technology is going to be the future and that's my opinion I would, uh, I would, I would actually disagree with Hala on a on a slight point there. I totally, I'm ninety nine point nine percent agreeing. But I, I think whereas once technology was a luxury, it's, it's definitely a necessity now. I think it's now and it's here. And believe yeah. it or not, the Royal Pharmaceutical Society did not even have an information management te- technology uh, strategy uh, working group. And I actually, it took me two years to persuade them to set one up. It was the Information Management Technology Group, which is now the Pharmacy Digital Forum, which basically brings all players from all sectors, external stakeholders too, uh, to try and harness the power of technology. And not just technology, but data. Uh, having intelligent transparency to reveal variation and drive improvement, to have a say on, on driving and harnessing technology rather than us being reactive to it. And it's been going on for eight years now. And I think uh, if we look at technology following the patient again, rather than what we can do with it, I think, you know, the, the iCloud is amazing. I think the fact that patients can now be are able to check themselves at home means it's less burden on the NHS, which is great. I think yeah. when we consider the land of evidence-based healthcare, the data-rich person is king. It means pharmacists harnessing technology means that means that we will be in a much stronger position than we are now. Data is our friend. Data management is the problem. Uh, so when you talk about technology, technology is the tool. It's what we do with it that's going to be key. So I would say uh, that technology is here and we need to stay on top of it. Technology has to be useful and usable, not just for the sake of it. And I think the sooner that, that we as a profession uh, have a good handle on it, I think we're, we're, we're great. And I think the read-write access, rather than just the read access, is the, is the next best thing. Yeah, even like we had the EPS as well, yes. not that far yeah. along, and yeah. the summary care records and everything is technology-related, isn't it? Oh, yeah, artificial intelligence. That's what they call me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, IT, IT, <laughs> IT should be like the strike and the toothpaste end-to-end. And it's not always about it's, and it's and it's not a bolt on. It has to be inherent in everything we do. Yeah. Online, anywhere, anytime. Definitely. A uh, bit of a cheeky question now. Apart from voting for yourself, and you're not going to say it's each other. Um, out of who are the candidates, would you vote for? Well, can I just um, say I've never I've never met Hala in my life, and when we set out on this campaign, I really thought I wasn't you know I don't I knew of her I read about her but I never spoke to her, and it was only that we realised that although we have different experiences and different um, backgrounds, we had the same vision, and we weren't promising the world like some of the other candidates who were espousing you know a fresh voice, a fresh face is going to reverse funding cuts and reverse policy and make make all the ambiguities suddenly change. And Harlow and I were quite realistic about what we could achieve. And, and we talked about nothing too aspirational, but realisable. 
And I think that there's a few candidates out there that are equally of like mind. But the thing that I think I'll be voting for are the people that would disagree with your issues and not be personal about what they're saying. So I would vote for people that are not whose head are in the clouds, but who actually are looking at developing a team that would bring change. Because no one person can change anything on their own. And you have to watch hypocrisy. You have to watch honesty, integrity, integration. And um, I think there's some people out there that uh, they're not making the right noises, if you know exactly. You can read between the lies, if you know what I mean. And, uh, and you know, I'm, I'm going to vote for about four people. I know I've got five, but I think there's four out there that, that would be worthy of voting for, for my own experience in terms of um, knowing what people say, how, how they can deliver it. And I've heard lots of wish lists that people want to hear, but no nuts and bolts around how they want to do it. Like, we want to have a members forum. We want to have policies set in aspect by members, you know, re-engage the conference, that sort of thing. And um, so I'm going to vote for about four different candidates. And Hala, Hala may or may not be one of them. No, she, she is. How about yourself, Hala? That's interesting right now. <laughs> Should we do a fight? No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, I'd lose. Yeah. Let's, let's end it by a fight now. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I think that what I look at when I want to vote to anyone is their progress in life, what they achieved. I don't just build my assumption on what I have in front of me, just the letter. I look at them as a whole. I follow their whole progress through the years, what they've done. Because if I see a person who's done achievements and done things that highlight issues, that tells me that person is an innovator. And that's what I look at. Very good. I look at the whole history. I don't look just at okay. a piece of paper in front so, of me or a few answers. I look at what that person has been doing in the past and I track them as a package and say that person should be on because he's going to bring good stuff to the, to the profession. Okay. And who out of the candidates is an innovator? Um, the thing is, when you think, why did I team up with Seed? I was, I'm just talking now about Seed, why I teamed up, because people were asking me all the time, why, why did I team up with Seed? I teamed up with Seed because I've seen that person had made a lot for this profession. So he had been working hard, he delivered a lot. Even when you're talking to him today, you see what he knows, what he can do, what he can bring, the motivation, did the work, you know, not just promises. He do the work, what he says. And he said to me, look, Hala, when you want to do something in life, and I still remember his words, make sure you're accountable for them. You can't tell people something and then not deliver your words. So we have to deliver what we give. And that's, that's the most important thing. So my words are there. I'm going to stay there forever. So if I don't deliver my words, people will come back to me and say, that's what you said, why you didn't deliver. Yeah, very good. Uh, I would, I would uh, before this becomes an appreciation club, uh, you know, Hala is a cognoscente in media. She's very well known. She didn't have to get elected to, 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 for people to have heard of her. And I think she's, she's a lionheart. And I think in terms of innovation, who's an innovator? I, I really think that uh, innovation in different sectors is key because you need the diversity. Yes. And I think just by standing, you're an innovator because you're head, putting your head above the parapet. You're opening yourself to being ridiculed. You are, you are exposing yourself to trolling. And, and one of the things that I really loved about Halle is she was being trolled online. And I was looking at other candidates to see who was going to step to her aid. And when I saw nobody else did, I suddenly jumped with both feet in. And, uh, and I think the, it, we have to show em- empathy and compassion. Yeah. 
So innovation is sometimes about how you solve problems, not just how you move forward on pre-existing lines and 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 well-trodden paths. Sometimes you have to trailblaze them. Alex is definitely one of those trailblazers. Oh, that's true. Now he made it a bit, a bit nice, isn't it, at the end? <laughs> Both of you got 30 seconds to do a quick promo to promote your candidacy. Um, did you go first? Hello? Do you, do you want me to go, I Hannah? I didn't hear or the Helen? end of the question. I think that's cut off on my side. Sorry. Uh, yeah. 30 seconds to do a quick promo to promote your candidacy. Um, Sid can go first. Okay. Okay, thank you. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure that the community pharmacy voice is heard, but also other pharmacists are also going to be involved in anything we do. I'd argue that uh, we represent all pharmacists from all sectors, all sides, all ways. But we need to refresh the engagement offering to individual members and the whole profession. So we need to ensure the safe uh, a workload development strategy that also reduces work workplace stress, and we ensure that the, the pharmacist nightmares and day daymares end as soon as possible. Okay, and Halle? So, um, according, I mean, let me according to my campaign. So we have revalidation, GDPR. I'm just talking quick words. Uh, workforce uh, collaboration with different sectors. Uh, support all RPS members and non-members to join. And lead, you know, I develop the profession and make the voice of the RPS heard to, an, to another level. So grassroots involvement, everyone has to be involved. The voice and opinion of every single person have to, 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 to count. So working towards uh, empowering the RPS for all of us and being proud of it for the future and have a value for the Royal Pharmaceutical Society. Yeah, that's very good, Hannah. So basically, we're talking about leadership, engagement, stewardship and advocacy, aren't you? Yeah. Yes, that's perfect. Well, well said. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much, both of you. Um, but for me, this is one of the most important questions because I am a geek and there are going to be lots of geeks listening out there. Oh. Are you a Star Wars or are you a Star Trek fan? I really enjoyed your podcast, by the way. Um, that's the first time I think so we talked together as well. And it's a really amazing opportunity to, to be able to host us tonight and take off your personal time. And thank you for your time, for, for hosting us, for working hard as well for this profession and showing commitment. That's amazing from your side. Thank you very much for hosting us tonight. Yeah, I could definitely say that you're definitely a harbinger of change and you're harnessing that technology you just asked us the same question of. Um, and I just want to say thank you so much. You've been fluent in your questioning, far, far more organised than the yes, hustings. Um, and I wonder, I'd love to meet the, uh, the, uh, the real person behind this online person. So it'd be lovely to see you and meet you one day. You haven't answered my question. Star Wars, Star Trek? Oh, oh. <laughs> Sorry, I tell you what, I am definitely a Star Trek fan. <laughs> you, know because you know, I thought this is... she's she's a she's a Star Trek fan because she understands Klingon. <laughs> oh my god, that's really it was an amazing evening tonight. I can say it's really fun. It's you were right. I thought it yeah, definitely. Oh, quite good. <laughs> you know, probably I lost the last question. I was thinking, yeah. Anyway. Now, I thought, you know what, I want to make podcasts a little bit different. I, instead of just having Brilliant. the same questions, I, yeah. I need 
I, even I need a bit of lightheartedness in it. And you know what? By answering questions like that, it gets listeners to realize the true you. We are pharmacists. We are yeah. professionals. We are, we have, you know, a life behind this as well. We have a life. separate our work life and our professional lives um and our home lives essentially so Mm -hmm. if we get to know the true person behind who is who is wanting to lead us then um that aids people in terms of their engagement and hopefully with their voting as well and i like your sense of humor as well you're amazing definitely (laughs) you're a rock in the morass of technology (laughs) that was very well done a veritable cornucopia of talent (laughs) You should, you should, you should be on question time as the question. I'm going to ask you to do the hostings next time. Yeah, week. next time you have to do the hosting. I think so. You might be standing for a lecture. We could do a physical hostings know. in Birmingham so we can get a really decent curry and we can get you to do the, the, the like, like John from Dimbleby's. Uh, uh, I can spot. make the curry. I'm awesome cook. Oh, that's nice. Homemade oh. as well. Well, I'm good at eating it. I'm not good at cooking good at eating it. it. I'm good at making it. <laughs> 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 definitely got to meet you now well, thank you very much both you guys um, I wish you the very much uh, best in success uh, especially with the elections and um, I hope to have you on here again soon um, discussing all you. things pharmacy oh. enjoy thank you thank you thank good Hi, this is Raj from the Pharmacy Podcast. Uh, today we'll be interviewing Asim Mirza, who's also the candidate for the RPS Elections 2018. Hi, this is Raj from the Pharmacy Podcast Show. Uh, tonight I'll be interviewing Stephen Riley, who's also one of the candidates for the RPS Elections 2018.